Hi, this is Father Don Planty, pastor of St. Charles Borromeo Catholic Church in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome to the St. Charles Church Talks podcast. Good evening, everyone. You can sit or you can do double penance by listening to me speak and keep kneeling. I'd like to speak to you this evening about the Lord's Day and leisure. Sunday is the Lord's Day. Why is Sunday the Lord's Day? Well, we read at the very beginning of sacred scripture, and I want to read to you uh, an extensive uh, passage from the book of Genesis. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame animals, all the wild animals, and all the creatures that crawl on the earth. God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and all the living things that crawl on the earth. God also said, see, I give you every seed bearing plant on all the earth and every tree that has seed bearing fruit on it to be your food and to all the wild animals, all the birds of the air, and all the living creatures that crawl on the earth, I give all the green plants for food. And so it happened. God looked at everything he had made and found it very good. Evening came and morning followed, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth and all their array were completed. On the seventh day, God completed the work he had been doing. He rested on the seventh day from all the work he had undertaken. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work he had done in creation. So, of course, you know this account from the book of Genesis, that God on the seventh day rested from his creation. And then he confirms that importance of that holy day of rest from the beginning of sacred scripture with his commandments that he gives to Moses on the mountain. And, of course, the third commandment is keep holy the Lord's day. Now, the general point about that commandment, of course, is that it is a commandment. It is not a suggestion. It is an imperative clause, right? Keep holy the Lord's day. You must keep holy the Lord's day. You are to keep holy the Lord's day. It's not, if you think about it, or you're inclined to, or kind of feel like it, it's no. God is commanding, keep the Lord's day. It's not a suggestion, it's an imperative. And consider there are only 10 commandments. Do you ever think about that? There's just 10 commandments that summarize pretty much how we are to live for love of God and love of our neighbor. And the third commandment has to do with keeping holy the Lord's day. That's how important it is. And there's an order to the commandments, right? The first three teach us how to love God, and then the next seven teach us how to love our neighbor. And they're in order of priority. Sometimes people go to confession, they're all bent out of shape against the sin they've committed against the Sixth Commandment. They're, oh yeah, and I missed Mass twice. Um, number three comes before number six. That's more important. And it is a command. Keep holy the Lord's day. That's a general point about it, but specifically, of course, the church has interpreted that as meaning for us that we are obligated to attend the holy sacrifice of the Mass every Sunday, and so to keep the Lord's day. That is the primary way we keep the Lord's day. And the church makes it clear this is, a, this is grave matter, right? This is an, a grave and serious obligation that we have as Catholic Christians. 
But as I'm fond of saying, more than an obligation, it's an invitation, right? What happens at Mass? The Lord nourishes us with his word and feeds us with his body and blood. We celebrate, we relive, we make present and actualize the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary. His passion, death, and resurrection are relived by us every time we attend the holy sacrifice of the Mass. I mean, if we really believe by faith that when we come to church on Sunday for that holy hour of Mass and are nourished by God's word and fed by his body and blood and celebrate the sacrifice of Calvary, why would we ever miss it? What could we possibly be doing that's more important than that? And consider, you know, the obligation is not exactly the most strenuous thing, considering that at least in the Latin rite, Mass lasts about an hour, at most, right? I don't know, at St. Charles, we kind of keep it under an hour. Maybe other parishes make it longer, right? If you're Oriental rite, you know, Maronite or, or uh, Melkite or one of the Eastern rites of the Catholic Church, then uh, Mass, of course, is about two and a half, three hours long on Sunday. So we kind of get off easy in the Latin rite, right? Mass is about an hour or less in any event. Why would we ever miss that if we really believe that's what's going on at Mass? I think of my dear grandma, Planty of happy memory, died about a year and a half ago at the age of 97. Grew up in upstate New York in a farming family. They didn't have electricity until she was just about graduated from high school in the uh, late 30s, early 40s. I don't remember exactly what year she graduated from high school. She, I remember her saying that she studied for her high school tests and her, did her homework using oil lamps in the evening. But she grew up on a farm in upstate New York, way upstate New York, about an hour's drive from the Canadian border. And she would always say, as mass attendance declined over time, she would, it would always break her heart that more people didn't go to mass and didn't keep that faithful obligation. She'd say, you know, when I think of what my father used to go through to, to make sure that we made the mass, she said, we never, ever missed mass. She said, when there was a blizzard, instead of taking the truck, because you couldn't, her father, my great-grandfather, would hitch the team of horses to a sled and take the family to mass in a sled. She said, we were covered with buffalo robes. That's the length that they went to because they would not miss the holy sacrifice of the Mass. She said, when I think of what my father would go through so we would not miss Mass, she said, today on beautiful days, people don't even drive to Mass. Non possumus, non possumus, we cannot. Back in the year 304 in North Africa and present-day Tunisia, Christians were arrested for secretly celebrating Mass when it was forbidden by Roman law and they were dragged in before the magistrates and asked why they were doing that, and they said, sine dominico non possumus. We cannot live without the Lord and his day. We cannot not celebrate the Mass on Sundays. And they were put to death for going to Mass. Today, it's like, whatever, Mass. People, people blow off Mass, people don't go to Mass, right? I hope I'm preaching to the choir, and that would, none of you would ever dream of ever missing Mass on the Lord's Day, right? But, Back in the day, our ancestors gave up their lives to be able to attend the holy sacrifice of the Mass on Sundays. And they would rather die than miss Mass on Sunday. Sine Domenico non possumus, we cannot live without Mass. So the third commandment, to keep holy the Lord's Day, our mother, the church, says we have this grave and serious obligation to attend Mass because that's how important it is but we're also called to rest on the Lord's day. 
That is, it is to be a day of leisure. So I'd like to talk about that, especially a little more about the leisure aspect of it. I think because we, we, uh, the sense of the day, Sunday, being dedicated to God has been lost. A day dedicated to God and rest and faith and family and friends has been lost. Consider not so long ago, I mean, you know, my mom talks about growing up in, in the Bronx in the 50s in a, in a neighborhood that was largely uh, German and Italian and Irish Catholic and Jewish immigrants from Eastern Europe. but. Um, you know, back, back in those days, she's, all the stores were closed on Sunday. Everything was closed on Sunday, right? The only thing open on Sundays till about 1 p.m. were the bakeries. Because you'd go to Mass, and after Mass you'd stop by the bakery and you'd get, um, you'd get a cake or some pastries or something. Because Sunday was the Lord's Day and you were celebrating, right? The rest of the week for dessert you had fruit. But on Sunday, because it was the Lord's Day, you'd go to the bakery and get something really delicious to share with your family for the sun, with the Sunday meal, right? Everything was closed. You couldn't even get, there were no, of course there were no ATMs. You couldn't get, you couldn't go to the bank and get cash. You didn't have enough cash, you had to think ahead and actually plan ahead and budget. If you didn't have enough cash to pay for your cake, couldn't go to the bakery either, right? Everything was closed except for the bakeries. And then Sunday afternoons and evenings, everything was closed. What did people do when they couldn't go shopping on Sundays? go to the mall or go to the supermarket or go any everything was closed what did they do they gathered with their loved ones and relaxed and spent quality time together they observed rest and leisure on the lord's day unfortunately today we need to recover the sense of sunday being dedicated to god and to rest and faith and family and friends because today we've actually turned the weekend around, right? And we need to recover the true sense of the Lord's Day because we need to flip the weekend. The weekend is flipped, right? Why? Because I think people work all week. Most people work, you know, Monday through Friday. And then Saturday is their first day off after the long work week. So Saturday is like, woohoo, this is now, now that we've been working all week, it's time for some leisure. So let's go canoeing, let's go hiking, let's go to the vineyard, let's, let's have fun, right? Because today's Saturday, it's a free day. We've been working for five days straight, let's take the day off. But what happens when Saturday is observed as the leisure day? What happens to Sunday? What happens to Sunday? Errands, dry cleaners, grocery shopping, chores cleaning the apartment, cleaning the bathroom, meal prep, doing your laundry, work. I've got a deadline or I've got stuff I've got to get done this weekend because I've got a presentation on Sunday or there's stuff I've done just behind in. So, and of course, I was playing all day yesterday, so today on Sunday, I've got to get this work done before, before Monday. Right? We've totally flipped the weekend, and that's backwards. Saturday should be the day for errands, for chores, for work, any work that needs to be done over the weekend. So Sunday then can be chillax with the Lord and chillax with family and friends day. That's the way it should be. And what I'm encouraging you to do, if I'm, again, I'm hopefully preaching to the choir, but if not, I'm encouraging you to help us and help our culture, help you, your friends, your family, your future family, to rediscover the true sense of the Lord's day and what the weekend should really be like. But that requires a little discipline, right? That, that means you know, getting up on Saturday and getting your stuff done on Saturday, your errands and your chores and your, any work you need to do over the weekend done on Saturday 
So then you can really rest on Sunday. And then Sunday afternoon, you're not faced with the angst of, oh, I've been playing all weekend. I played all day yesterday. And then, of course, I slept. We were playing and partying last night. So, of course, I slept in this morning. I finally got to Mass, or maybe I'm waiting till the 6 p.m. Mass on Sunday, but I'm going to do my grocery shopping. I got to do my meal prep. I got to do that last minute work or prepare that presentation. And the anxiety of like the looming week and the weekend being over overtakes you. No, Sunday should be restful and enjoyable. Saturday should be the get stuff done day, right? Sunday should be a day of prayer, of faith, and of family and of friends, that is of good leisure. And let's talk about that leisure. I'm really suggesting a flip. So I have some recommendations for you for Sunday leisure, and that means being intentional. That means we have to work at relaxing, right? It's kind of a paradox, right? If you want to really relax on Sunday, you've got to be intentional about getting the stuff done on Saturday, and you've got to be intentional about planning. As you have to do a little work, you have to be intentional about planning good leisure time on Sunday. And I want to focus on three ways you can have good, intentional, enjoyable, wonderful leisure on Sunday. This is after, of course, we've already talked about Mass. Mass comes first, right? But then enjoy a leisurely Sunday involving people, places, and things. And I want to talk about each of those in turn. Uh, just to re circle back to Mass again uh, briefly, Mass is the first thing you schedule, right? I think what people do is they schedule all this stuff all weekend, and they're like, oh, yeah, oh, and then, then i got to fit in Mass. So, and it's, like, it's like dash into that 6 p.m. Mass at the last minute here, or, of course, there's a 7 p.m. at, at St. James. If you really get stuck, there's a 9 p.m. at George Mason. And if you're really stuck... During the school year, there's an 11 p.m. at Georgetown across the river, and, and, and so there's like no excuse. If you really want to be scrupulous and you put off mass, you put off mass, all of a sudden it's like 9 p.m. I never went to mass. I've been playing all weekend. Uh, there's mass in Georgetown at 11 p.m. during the school year, so no excuses for missing. But really the thing to do is to schedule mass first and schedule all the other stuff the work stuff and the leisure stuff around Mass, not the other way around. Now, the fact is the church, because the church is our mother and loves us and, and wants to nourish us and make things easy and convenient for us, has made it really convenient, right? Back in the olden days, before the reforms of the Second Vatican Council, there was no vigil Mass on Saturday, and there were no evening Masses on Sunday, mostly because the fast that was required for the Eucharist, the Eucharistic fast, was from midnight until you received communion, and you couldn't drink water or anything. You couldn't consume anything until communion. So masses were like Sunday morning, and they were multiplied on Sunday mornings, right? But there was no masses at like 5 p.m. on Sunday because no one was going to do the fast, including the priests, from like, you know, midnight all the way till then. And there were no vigil masses. That's, that, came, that, that was an ancient Christian tradition, but was uh, re renewed by the Second Vatican Council. So the church has made it convenient for us, right? Like there's a lot of options, right? I can go Saturday night, I can go early Sunday, I can go the middle of the day Sunday, I can go late Sunday night, right? So it's not like it's difficult to schedule, but the, the key is schedule it first. Schedule what is most important first, and then schedule you know, your grocery shopping, uh, your trip to the vineyard with your friends, or, or all the other stuff you're doing, right? Yeah, like, to put off grocery shopping and those errands on Sunday afternoon is a nightmare, right? The few occasions when I've been invited somewhere for Sunday dinner and I don't have the 6 p.m. mass and I said, oh, I'll bring some wine or I'll bring some, you know, appetizers, some cheese and crackers stuff. And I, like, traipse into Giant or Trader Joe's at a 3 or a 4 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon, never, ever again in my life. Like, at Trader Joe's here in Clarendon Square, the line for the checkout, it goes all the way to the back to the vegetables in the back of the store. It's crazy because 
everyone puts off their grocery shopping or does their weekly grocery shopping in millennial Roslyn Boston corridor on Sunday afternoons and evenings. So I've learned the hard way, like don't, ex don't go to a supermarket in the Roslyn Boston corridor on Sunday evenings. Avoid that, right? Saturday morning at 8 a.m., there is nobody in the supermarket, right? Dudes, that's the way to do it. Get up early on Saturday morning, do your grocery shopping, do your meal prep, clean your bathroom, do your laundry and everything. You can be done by like 11, 12 a.m. You got half a Saturday and all day Sunday just to la-di-da-di-da-di-da and leisure and play and pray, right? So, recommendations for Sunday leisure. Be intentional about persons, places, and things. First of all, persons. Instead of spending time alone being passive, it's really a day to celebrate and share with other people. Right? And by spending time alone being passive, I mean instead of just sort of like vegging by yourself, streaming and streaming and binging, streaming in front of the TV or being on social media or surfing the web, you know, instead of spending time alone just kind of sitting there being passive in front of a screen, be intentional about sharing quality time with others. Be active with others rather than just passive in front of screens. And of course, the first priority comes to family. Now, if you're a young single person living in the Raza and Boston corridor in Northern Virginia and far from family, well then it might not be easy to actually spend time with family, to have Sunday dinner with family. The way my mom grew up was awesome, you know, back in the 1950s Bronx, it was Italian-American family. My mom actually grew up with her Italian immigrant grandparents as well as her mother, and all the family lived nearby a couple blocks away. So what was the tradition? Everyone went to mass, you went to the bakery, at about 1, 2 p.m. was a big Italian meal, and that meant always some kind of pasta and then a roast or something. And they were all squeezed into this little dining room in this little apartment in the Bronx. And then after everyone had kind of like digested and the guys had had a smoke and everything, then they cleared all the furniture and they danced. The older people, my mom's parents' generation, would dance swing, jazz, and the young ones would dance 50s rock and roll, right? But that's how they spent their Sundays, it was mass, then a nice meal with the family, and then just you know talking, sharing dessert, and then dancing together. How awesome is that, right? You can be intentional about making that happen. Now maybe your family doesn't live in the area, which probably chances are since most of you are single and probably far from home. Then you make that happen with friends. But call your mom, right? Call your mom. Good tradition to get into on Sunday. If Sunday is family day, right? Lord's day and then family and friends day, call your mom. You can talk to your dad too, right? But uh, make sure you call your mom on the Lord's Day, if not, if not uh, other days as well. So family, friends, right? Especially those who want to share with you the sense of festivity and celebrating the Lord's Day in a particular way, right? Of course, we can always get together and have wonderful time and leisure time with friends that are not Catholic Christians or not Christians, right? But how much better is it to spend the Lord's Day with fellow Catholic Christians who really want to celebrate and rejoice on this day and make this day special because it is a day of rest and giving prayer and worship to God and sharing fellowship with one another. So like, you know, mass together, then brunch together, or you don't have the family around to cook up a big Italian meal on Sunday, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, then get your friends together and do a dinner party, do an early afternoon dinner party, right? Get together and celebrate the Lord's Day. Be intentional about doing things with other people. And I'm gonna recommend now persons come first, but then persons in other places and doing other things, right? So first thing is for Sunday leisure, be intentional about doing things with other people. 
and rejoice with them and, and celebrate with them on the Lord's Day. Places. Where do we go on Sundays? Again, instead of going to the supermarket, instead of running errands, instead of doing chores, instead of doing any work, get outside, right? Get outdoors. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, get outside. Enjoy the fresh air. Enjoy the seasons. Even if it's cold, you know, you bundle up and you put on your cold weather gear, but get outside. You know, as, uh, you're, I'm sure you, you guys follow the news as much as I do. You follow media, and uh, you know, every day there are more and more articles about how artificial intelligence is revolutionizing the human experience, revolutionizing everything that's going on. And more and more things, uh, you know, more and more experiences with the, with the goggles and kind of like, you know, alternative, you know, alternative reality, right? I was at the barber yesterday, and it was pretty cool. I didn't know this existed, but I'm getting my hair cut, and they had on the tee, it was... Um, these guys were doing drone races, aerial drone races, like mini drones like this. And it was this huge indoor place where these guys sat down and they had goggles on. So as they're piloting their drones through all these obstacles in this huge indoor place, they're like on the drone, like which is pretty cool. I thought that was awesome. But like everything is becoming sort of virtual electronic reality, right? And everything is becoming artificial intelligence and virtual reality. Get out into nature. A great way to celebrate the Lord in his day is to experience the beauty of his creation. Get outside, exercise in the fresh air, go hike in the mountains, appreciate the beauty of God's creation on the Lord's day. That's, those are places to go on the Lord's day. Hey, it's only like an hour and 15 minutes to the Massanutten Mountain, to the Shenandoah Valley, right? It's beautiful out there. It's not that far a drive. Get up early, go to mass, pack a picnic, then head out to the mountains, do some hiking, Enjoy God's green earth. So go to places that involve being outdoors with other people, right? Go to places of culture, right? Now, you can sit at home and stream a series on, you know, a PBS uh, series on, on the history of jazz, which is awesome, right? Or on, uh, what, the history of the Civil War, which is awesome, right? You can learn things and, and grow culturally by watching things. You can watch an opera on TV, right? Or a, a play or a musical, right? That's, that's culture, that's real culture, but even better is to get out and go to places of culture, right? Places of history. We're so blessed in the DC area to have so many wonderful historical monuments and places. You know, so oftentimes, when you live a place, you don't really take the time to explore them. Or maybe friends or relatives come to town, then we show them the Lincoln Memorial or the Jefferson Memorial or whatever, this museum. We should really take advantage of those things ourselves. There's so much richness in our area regarding history. Mount Vernon, has everyone been to Mount Vernon? Who's not been to Mount Vernon? George Washington saw You've all been to Mount Vernon. Oh, there's a couple, there's too many hands up, right? It's a beautiful place, father of our country's home. You learn a lot about history and about him at that beautiful place. Get out and experience culture in terms of history. Get out and experience culture in terms of faith. Take, do a little pilgrimage on the Lord's Day. Go to the National Basilica Shrine of the Immaculate Conception. Go to the Franciscan Monastery. Maybe go to Mass early or go up to Baltimore and go to the First Cathedral of the United States, the Basilica in Baltimore, the Cathedral of Baltimore, which was designed by the same architect as the U.S. Capitol Building. It's a jewel. It's a great way to like experience the Lord's Day, drive up to Baltimore, go to Mass at the beautiful, ancient, 200-year-old, oldest cathedral in the United States, tour it, look at its beautiful architecture, and then go, go to Little Italy in Baltimore and have a big Sunday meal, right? Get out and experience faith culture, 
And of course, art. We've got some of the greatest museums in the world here, including the National Gallery of Art. There's, there's the adoration of the Magi by Fra Angelico at the National Gallery of Art. It's a relic. It was painted by the patron saint of artists, and it's, it's a gorgeous tondo, round painting, in the National Gallery of Art. It's free. You know, you go down there and just experience, look at this beautiful religious art, you know, the whole West Wing of the West Wing, of the West uh, Wing of the National Gallery of Art is all Renaissance and Baroque art, which is mostly, almost, almost exclusively religious-themed. Beautiful ways of going to places of culture to relax and enjoy quality leisure on the Lord's Day. Again, ideally with friends, with other people. So persons, places, things. Instead of focusing on laborious and taxing things on the Lord's Day, again, like laundry or cleaning or meal prep or grocery shopping, whatever. Instead of focusing on those laborious things, focus on nourishing things, refreshing things. Again, art, music, classical music. When's the last time you sat for 45 minutes and listened to a symphony you've never heard, which is a classic piece of Western cultural patrimony? Beautiful, inspiring music, but you've never done, you haven't heard before. When's the last time you dedicated quality time to some good music? Classical music, sacred music. Go to a concert. There's all kinds of great concerts. In the National Capital area, there's all kinds of great concerts happening all the time, including sacred music concerts all the time at different churches and different venues throughout the D.C. area. Or just stay at home and do a music appreciation with others. Maybe each one picks a different piece that you share, and over a meal, or before a meal, or after a meal with drinks, you have music appreciation. I'd like to share this piece with you because I, this is inspiring for me because of this reason. And you go around, and each person plays a different piece of music. Focus on things that are nourishing and refreshing. Beautiful music. Architecture, again, we've got such beautiful buildings, such beautiful sacred and secular architecture in the DC area. Have you been to the National Building Museum? I was just at this big gala there last night. National Building Museum is an extraordinary building. Uh, it's now a, a museum about building and architecture, but it was originally built to be the pension building to give pensions to the soldiers after the Civil War. But it's an, a remarkable building itself. It has the largest interior columns in the world. It's pretty cool, right? If you haven't been, go check it out. It's a beautiful place to go relax. It's got a really cool gift shop too if you love architecture you know, building stuff and books about architecture and stuff. It's got to really, all the museums have the coolest gift shops, right? Things, again, painting, sculpture, decorative arts. We're full of amazing museums in this city. Literature, read the classics, get together, have a book club with friends and get together and share a festive meal on the Lord's Day and talk about the latest chapter in the book you're all reading together, right? Great way to spend some good quality cultural leisure time with friends. And yes, movies, right? Instead of being alone at home, kind of streaming, watch a classic movie with friends and then talk about it. Share a meal before the movie, right, or after. Spend some quality time with your friends doing those quality things. And of course, food, right? Food is love, as my friend Mary Sorotniak says, who's a, mo a mom in this parish, mother of five, uh, has been in this parish for 40 years. Food is love, right? It's no accident that half of the Lord's time in the, in the Gospels, he's ministering through meal sharing with others, right? Jesus is always sharing meals in the houses of others, of sinners, of Pharisees, of everyone. Everywhere he's invited, he seems to be like, 
the gospel a couple of weeks ago. Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I'm going to go dine in your house tonight. Today, salvation has come to this home. We are made to share meals together, to break bread together, to share fellowship together. In the early Christian communities, they had mass, and then they had the agape. They had, this, they had the sacred meal, then they had the secular meal that they all shared together to give thanks to God and to share communal love with each other, cooking and eating and breaking bread together. Sunday's a great, deal for me, a great day for meal sharing, you know, resurrecting that old tradition that Catholics have had for millennia, like I just described as my mom grew up, which you go to mass, and then you celebrate with a nice, big, fat, long, leisurely meal with your family and friends to celebrate the Lord's Day. Persons, places, things. Let us recover the proper sense of the Lord's Day. Let's make sure if we're not doing so already that we flip our weekends. Let Saturday be the busy day. Let Sunday be the rest day, the day of faith when we go to Mass, and the day of family and friends with quality leisure. Keep holy the Lord's day. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. And please remember to subscribe. And if you enjoyed our show, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. May God bless you.